Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morset and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. How do you like that? I, I don't sound as good as Gretchen did last week. She was adorable. <laughs> she was excited to take over, Lynn. Was, how, was. Is the, how is your vacation? You're up in uh, the Pacific Northwest out of Houston. I Actually, I don't know if I'm in the Pacific Northwest. It is 30 degrees hotter today than it is in Houston. I can't believe that. It's like the world is upside down. Yes. Well, those of us in Houston are, thank you for taking the heat with you. Yeah. I'm sorry that we had to gift it somewhere else, but man, it's really nice here. <laughs> well, I'm, I might be coming home faster than I had planned to, so. <laughs> well, good, because we need you here because we are at an interesting stage of development here at Co-Housing Houston, as you may have noticed, Lynn, from the- I have, I'm keeping in touch with everything. <laughs> meetings and emails. Yes. Um, we're in this kind of heavy lifting phase of development. Um, for those of you who've been following along with our progress, we went through the design process during COVID with uh -huh. Zoom, um, but we got through it and we have a design that we all love and adore. And the design process is so fun because you get to have, you know, think about big things, mm -hmm. dream and how you're going to use space. And it's really exciting. And, um, and then you go to build it and you have to decide how much do yeah. I really want that thing because it's going to cost this much. Um, in co-housing circles, they, well, I guess in all development circles, they call this value engineering. Yes. And that's where you get the actual numbers back from the people who are going to do the actual building. And then you decide if you really, really love that thing enough to pay for it or if it can be either removed, delayed, or if you can choose something different that's gonna save you some money. And we don't know yet how big of a heavy lift this is because we're still waiting for the numbers to come in, but we are working as a group to really define our values. You know, this is, uh, to me, this is just a euphemism for plain old fashioned slash slashing costs, you know? Like in a, <laughs> and I, I think it's interesting to combine the word value in here because in effect, that's what people end up doing. You know, when you're doing a big project, you go back to your customer. My world was IT and we'd go back to the customer and say, okay, how much value do you really place on this function? That's going to cost a lot more money. And they, they internalize that decision-making process without knowing that that's what they're actually doing is doing an assessment of value. So I like it. I like it too. Uh, I, also I like it that we're calling it this. Yeah. I think it also uh, plays to, there's this kind of, uh, phenomenon that you had pulled out of this that that it how you feel about this process and about the outcome depends on kind of your outlook on life so value mm -hmm. engineering versus cost slashing like exactly. which term do you feel more comfortable with probably reflects how you feel about the whole process yeah yeah that's an interesting point so the thing that I was yeah. I was talking about is um the fact that it seems to me that when we get to the end of this phase, some people are going to feel a lot more secure about where we are because then we're kind of sitting on more solid ground. We will know whether we're going to have a pool or not and whether we are going to have, you know, this kind of flooring or that kind of flooring. So they will feel the anxiety of that ambiguity will have evaporated for them and they'll feel solid. 
But then there's other people who are real dreamers and they want to continue to expansively fantasize about all these, th all these things and might be possibilities. And that um, as soon as we lock it down, they can't have that fantasy anymore, that dreaming. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because I think some people will come out of this feeling like, oh, now I can sleep again at night and feel more comfortable about visualizing where I'm going. And then others will feel like it's not quite as colorful as it was. The dream got very clear and maybe not as fanciful. Yeah. Will you share the story about your daughter? I thought it was really sweet. Um, oh, I, college. I, yeah. I know it really just, she, she, it was, you know, if you know, if you remember college uh, selection day, it's, I think it was, you know, April 30th or something. And she had to press the button. I picked this college and she was lucky enough to have some options, but she felt really sad about pressing that button. And I was like, what, why? She said, well, because now up until this point, my whole world was wide open. I could do go all over the place and do all kinds of things. But as soon as I press that button, it's all shrunk down to this one limited selection. And that's, I think it's exactly what some people may be experiencing during this final, it's kind of like the, the value engineering combined with the final consensus on the design. Yeah. A documents is really that all coming together and putting a, a bow on it and you're shrinking your options. It's kind of like, you know, us women, we all joke about guys who won't commit. It's like, they think they can, you know, date or marry any good looking woman that walks by them. But then the day they commit to ask somebody to marry them, they're down to one woman. So oh, it, some ladies like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You know, I would like to, we should haul your daughter back in uh, if we could get her, if we could snag her and ask you, you know, how does she feel now years and years down the road? Did that committing to something in some ways, I think it does narrow your choices. In other ways, it opens up your choices because it moves you yeah. forward to the next phase, which then opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Right. Um, well, I, I think the way I kind of coached her through that is with one of my big, you know, I have these major, uh, you know, philosophies in life that drive me. And we've talked about my number one many, many times over, but my number two is that it's not necessarily whether you choose A or B, but it's how you live with it once you've chosen it. And that's what I really coached her on is that, you know, it's probably not going to matter whether you pick this college or that college. It's really, what do you do? You grab a hold of it and you really run with it, which I think is what you're alluding to is that if you really, if you really go all in on the decision that you've made, it's going to be great. Yeah. And, so it really and I does. think about that with this value engineering, like, does flooring A or flooring B matter? No, but what matters is that we have floors and that we are all in together as community and we can move forward to building. The next sense of expansiveness is us building a community in a new way, you know, mm -hmm. living together in a different way. Um, that's a whole new realm for, for all of us at Cohousing Houston. But you know, something you said to me early was about the dreaming that um, you said, and I said, well, you know, maybe you know, what the dreaming is going to be over. And you said, well, you know, maybe that dreaming uh, phase was really important because that's what we'll be holding on to as we do have to make some of these 
decisions. I mean, even decisions that we don't consider to be compromised decisions, but they're decisions that support a certain lifestyle that we're choosing that may be a little bit newer, a little bit less familiar, that we're approaching with a, a fairly idealistic perspective. And just the one for a Texan that is the absolute killer. I think almost every single presentation that we do of our design, people just get stuck on the famous, and I'm going to let you talk about it because you have to deal with it usually, the famous grocery carrying question. <laughs> Which I'm not really great at diffusing because having lived in co-housing in Colorado where it snowed, I feel it. It was awful sometimes to have to carry all of my stuff from my car to my house. It's really, you know, and you can just grit your teeth and think, I get to run into my neighbors. I get to run into my neighbors. You know, it's such a foundational thing for co-housing to be able to be out on your regular daily patterns and mm -hmm. to uh, run into people, but it is inconvenient. And, you know, I'm watching it rain like two inches an hour today. And I'm thinking I'm going to have to walk from my car to my house. But you know what, when you hold the bigger value of building community, of not siloing yourself where you just right. pull your garage and take your groceries out you know when you when you commit to that bigger dream and you've spent this time dreaming and talking about it you that really it takes you far that takes you a long way towards these new decisions or new ways of living together um, yeah so it's it's like we were talking about earlier it's like we're making decisions that that are looking much much further down the road you know you were you were talking to me about it's not this sort of transactional uh, living purchase decision that a lot of people engage in. You know, your your relationship with that environment starts the day you sign the contract and it ends the day you sign the next sales contract when you leave. You know, we're investing in this community in a much different way because we're looking, we're looking further down the road for the legacy that we leave behind even when we ourselves, for some reason, move on in life. And uh, it's not like just throwing up condos like other developers do. Of course, there's a specific condo that we all have in mind right now <clears throat> in yes. a place in Miami that we're yes. all thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a very different world that we're building than something like that. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think about this a lot with um, being part of a forming community versus joining an existing community, because in the past, we had joined existing co-housing communities. And um, in both of those cases, the dream that you are being that you're a part of is very well formed and has has you know changed and has permutations and you know over the years gets amended and is different. Um, and it, so in some ways you don't really ever have to trim expectations initially because it's already there. Mm -hmm. But then you do have to trim your expectations as you go on, you know, as you start to realize the limits of any given community, or as you start to realize unexpected benefits of a given community, you, it just shifts and you change with it, as opposed to joining this forming community where it's the dreaming stage is very large and very long, you know, you mm, have a dream. Like the answer is, is so often like, well, we don't know yet because we haven't decided yet. And so mm -hmm. uh, it's just a very different experience to go through. Mm -hmm. So People who are listening who are in an existing co-housing community, it'd be interesting to hear your, your take on that um, versus people who are- Yeah, you know what that makes me think of, Kelly? I think, it, I think one of the benefits that has been for us is this long protracted phase of 
stepping into this gradually, because for most of us, the idea of living uh, with much more consideration and intention around the lives that we're building, the life that we're building together with our neighbors is even though you might, you might have an idea that you're drawn to actually living it out is a lot is a lot harder than you might think sometimes. And you realize that your mind is just not, or your emotions are just not naturally equipped for that in the world that a lot of us have come from. And it's taking us this time to get there so that when we do move in, we are better equipped to, because we're not moving into an existing community where you get kind of folded in, it's like starting a new corporation. It doesn't have a corporate culture until it's been in existence for a while in the shaping and the building of that makes it easier than to assimilate a new hire who's stepping into something. And if you're joining an already existing community, you're like the new hire coming into a well-formed corporation. They know how to orient you. They can tell you what the hog laws are. This is what we do, what we don't do. And we're kind of shaping all of that before we even move in. And it is, it is, it's a process. And I actually feel very, even though this, I'm kind of like getting ready, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. There's a certain impatience that I think a lot of us are experiencing. I think it is of great benefit to us to have gone through this process because we will be stronger for having gone through this and we'll be able to assimilate new people in much more easily because we'll a lot of this will become automatic to us as opposed to, you know, it's those four stages of, of learning where we all started out being unconsciously incompetent at this. And then we sort of shift to being consciously incompetent. And some of us are trying to step over that line to be, you know, consciously competent, you know, every now and then we dance in that zone. Um, But, you know, the nirvana stage would be to unconsciously be competent at doing this. And it does take a long time. And I think about this whole, we may look back on this value engineering 18 months from now and laugh about some of the things that we obsessed about and we sweat over. (laughs) Can you believe we had to listen to get that expert in to talk about geothermal, geo exchange (laughs) systems? Oh my gosh, it was so obvious that that was the right thing to do or, or wh- wherever we end up with it. But because yeah. that, yeah. that re- Lynn, I was thinking about our values too. Remember when we were early on, um, people would say, we need to write our values yes. because that will give us, you know, some way of testing. And all of our experts were like, just don't, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> you are not, you don't even know what your values are because they haven't been tested. Right. And so now we've spent, you know, the better part of a year, a year and a half now, really learning about different things and being able to say, oh, we value this more than that. Or this is how the thing we choose to support this value. Um, and so I think value engineering is really where maybe our value statement comes out because it's where we, how we choose to organize ourselves and how we choose to, uh, to move this project forward at, at a very distinct moment in our development. Right, right. And I think you'd learn about your values by doing work together. And we are doing work, real work together. This is not just some team building exercise around, you know, how would you untie this knot? You know, this is this is for real work. And that's where you really show up in a meaningful way. So listeners, stay tuned. We'll tell you. Stay in, tuned. In a couple of weeks, you'll know how our value engineering worked out. And maybe we'll be able to articulate our values uh, 
here on the podcast uh, after we've seen what makes it through value engineering. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, well, don't forget then, like Kelly said, to stay tuned and sign up for our Summer Explorer Series. So if any of this sounds really interesting to you, you want to come along for the ride, we're having a compressed uh, Explorer Series this summer where you can come in, get closer to the community, decide whether this is something for you. It all starts off with an orientation the first week of July. So check out the events tab on our website and uh, learn about how that curriculum is shaping up for the summer and see if you want to jump on board. Or like Kelly said, I think, you know, uh, get in the water. It's uh, fresh and exciting. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jump in the pool. We'll have fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by today. So glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Co-Housing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Co-Housing Houston. See you next time. Bye. Bye.